Hey guys, and welcome to Save the Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Jocelyn Haas. Basically, my goal with this podcast is to give women a platform for their voices to be heard because I think naturally women's voices are pretty silenced in our society. And so my goal is to inspire women to share their stories because pretty much every woman I talk to has some kind of inspiring story or something traumatic that happened to them that can help other women heal. And we just need to open up more about that. So this episode, I'm super excited because I have one of my good friends and very talented individual, Brooke Jensen. And we talk about healing from sexual assault, being comfortable in your sexuality, and a little we touch a little bit on body image as well. So I'm super excited for so many people to listen to this and hopefully hear something that helps them heal or helps them reflect on things that have happened in their lives and can help them kind of heal from any trauma that they're going through. And yeah, this is our very first episode. So I'm super excited for you guys to listen and I hope you guys get something from it. So being a woman, what are some of the general struggles you've had to face and how did you or how are you overcoming them? Um, so I feel like there's definitely quite a few like struggles I've had to have in my life. Like, first of all, I want to say like being like a white woman from like a middle class family, I've definitely had a lot of like privilege, but I've also had you know, some struggles, definitely. Um, I would say a lot of it comes um, from a place of, like, the treatment of men towards me um, and also being um, a lesbian and just trying to navigate that and, like, not really coming to terms with it until later in life. Um, so, like, um, I I didn't really, like, date that much in, like, high school or anything like that. And then um, I had this one boyfriend um who was pretty horrible towards me like he was uh verbally abusive um and at times physically abusive and the times when he was physically abusive it mostly was um through sexual things like he would just do things without my consent a lot and actually like hurt me physically um during that kind of stuff so that was very difficult for me and um you know at one point um like we had broken up and he asked to see me again and I went over to his apartment and we had been broken up for a while now and then he asked to have sex with me and I said no and um he basically sexually assaulted me after that because I said no um so that was like really hard for me and that was kind of like I had this like spiral after that where um I immediately went to study abroad in Prague and um I was was I 19 at the time? I think it was 19. And so the legal drinking age in Prague is 18. So I didn't really have anything holding me back and I was going through trauma. So I just like kind of became a borderline alcoholic where like I was just drinking till I blacked out all the time. And then in that process, I also like was hypersexual, which I later found out that um, that is a result of, like, going through sexual assault as you mm-hmm. become hypersexual. And, like, I didn't really think that there was anything wrong with me because a lot of the narratives we see in media about people who have been sexually assaulted is that they're immediately, like, shut down and they don't feel comfortable expressing, like, intimacy in any way. So then I was like, well, I must be okay because I'm doing the opposite. But it turns out that that was also a response because, like, that wasn't who I was. Like, I never was like that in, like, 
growing up, I never had a desire to be like that. But then all of a sudden it was like something switched and it wasn't until later in life when I look back at that time and I was just like, wow, like that was a response to everything that was happening. And, um, you know, and then also through that process of like binge drinking all the time and blacking out, I ended up getting assaulted a second time um, when I studied abroad in Shanghai because I blacked out from drinking and um, not saying that that was my fault. At first I blamed myself for it for sure because I was like, oh, this toxic behavior I have of like blacking out, like this is where it got me. But I know that it was the man's fault and not mine. And then at the same time, I was just like thinking about like my experiences in general and even the times where I was hypersexual and like kind of like making out with a lot of random men and bars and stuff. I was like, I've never really like enjoyed it and like I thought I was bisexual for a while and like just thinking about how I was and like I never like enjoyed like being with men at all I just felt something like I had to do yeah like in order to like be happy because honestly I think like a lot of it does have to do with media and just like consuming all the stuff where it's just like oh like in order to be a happy woman you have to be with a man and so that's kind of like I associated it with that but then when I actually like took the time to think about it, like, I was like, um, I actually don't think that I find happiness in men, and I don't really think I'm attracted to men, and I've never, like, really enjoyed, like, a sexual experience I've had with a man, and then I kind of was like, well, you know, like, I feel like right now is a good time to, like, start dating women, and, like, it was, like, definitely a slow process for me, but it was something that, like, I felt, like, a lot more, like, initially just so much more comfortable and, like, I had such a more connection with women than I did with, like, any man. And, like, when I did have sex with, like, a woman for the first time, it was just such a different experience for me. And I was like, oh, like, it was, like, the moment where I was like, this is what intimacy is supposed to feel like. Yeah. Even, like, kissing a woman for the first time, I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. But part of me was really anxious because I really didn't start, like, dating women up until after I was assaulted. Right. And I had people in my life that were like, well, are you sure you're not just a mm. uh, lesbian because of the bad things that have happened to you? And that is something I really grappled with for a while. And it was, like, to the point where, like, I had it said in my head that, like, I would never tell a woman that I was seeing that I was assaulted because I was so anxious that she would think that I was only seeing her because I was, like, had bad experiences with men. I don't feel that way at all anymore. Yeah. But, like, that was definitely a thought of mine. How did you deal with people asking you that or, like, how did that actually make you feel? It made me feel really bad because I kind of like gaslit myself into thinking that maybe that's why and um even though like I literally know that I've had like attraction to women since I was like very young like and I can remember that when I was like 13 like thinking about it in that way and like asking people in my class if they felt like a certain type of way towards women too and like when I was very young um
um, and made a lot more sense. But, like, um, I just think that, like, a lot of, like, you know, toxic masculinity comes through, like, and you see that when you're dating, like, specific men, just, like, I knew that, like, my ex's father was very, like, you know, had that mentality of, like, you have to be a man and do this Mm. and that, and that definitely came through, and I think he was pretty misogynistic because of it. Like, I think that, like... He almost felt like that's how he had to be because his dad thought that. Yeah, yeah, and his mom was, like, kind of absent in his life, too, so I don't think that he really had, like, you know, a strong, like woman role model and like Mm. he wasn't in touch with his sensitivity at all and his emotions and so like and I've seen that with other men too where they like you know I feel like the patriarchy is literally like a disease you know and a lot of times people think that like feminism is just like the idea of that like woman superiority but it's actually just like we're trying to get dismantle the patriarchy for the benefit of men too right because quality yeah yeah because it's actually hurting them you know like the fact that they you know feel like they can't express these emotions and like be in touch with their vulnerabilities and like have like traits that are like deemed more feminine for whatever right. reason like compassion towards themselves like mm-hmm. and just like being able to talk about their emotions you know and so i feel like a lot of men experience that and like aren't able to like grapple with how to work through their emotions and then they get angry at people and a lot of times it's their partners yeah and so like and they take it out on them and not saying that all men are like that but that's just like a symptom of the patriarchy like a pattern Yeah, yeah yeah so like and then compared to dating women that's obviously like a lot less common and like most of the women that I have like casually dated like were did not have like obviously like toxic masculinity because they're a woman um but like they were a lot more compassionate and I felt like a lot more connected and it felt like it just felt more right to me and I like got like deeper in my emotions with them just like you know I just felt like I was able to transcend this like certain level of dating and get somewhere else even if it's just with people I went on like one or two dates with yeah which is really interesting and it felt like really great to make those connections but um, at the same time, something that I recently had to learn was that, like, and that I knew this, like, deep down, mm-hmm. but, but, like, women aren't perfect, yeah. and so, <laughs> like, I just kind of had this idea that, like, a woman wouldn't hurt me, yeah. like, even though that's so false, and, like, I've been hurt by women, but, like, I guess not in, like, like, because up until this year, I was only hurt by women in, like, a way of, like, oh, they ghosted me or, like, yeah. things didn't work out. So it was, right. like, sad, but it wasn't like they, like, did anything intentionally, like, evil. Yeah. I'm not saying that this person I'm about to talk about is necessarily <laughs> evil, but, like, uh, I dated, like, my first actual, like, girlfriend, like, serious thing um, happened this year, and it took me a while, but, like, she had a lot of similarities to actually my ex boyfriend um mm-hmm. definitely not as bad she was never like physically abusive or anything yeah. like that but she had the same thing where she was very manipulative and mm-hmm. she like played the victim a lot and forced me to comfort her and like just I don't know try to make me jealous a lot and played these mind games and she was also very mean to me and yeah. like would also comment on my weight and stuff it's like these people who found out what my insecurities were and then would like comment on them like against me which was really hard because like I was just, like, in my mind, I was, like, oh, you're a woman, you shouldn't be doing this, but then Mm -hmm. I realized that, like, just because someone's a woman, and, like, yes, I have, like, ten times more of a connection with her than I did with my ex-boyfriend, because I'm actually, like, attracted to her, and, like, 
I actually feel something towards her doesn't excuse her from being like, you know, in a way like abusive towards me Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, and she even tries, tried to like come back in my life and be my friend recently. And then like was like, well, and then pushed me away, even though she was trying to be my friend because she said that she felt guilty for everything she did. So again, like making me try to make me feel bad for what I did to her And so it's, like, one of those things, too, where it's just, like, yeah, there are definitely differences, especially for me. Like, it's coming into my lesbianism later, and, like, it feels so much better. But, like, I do have to remember that there are, like, definitely similarities, and women are not excused from the abuse that they can enact. And a great book to read about this is (laughs) In the Dream House by Carmen Marie Machado. And when I was dating my ex, I read that and just, like saw a lot of similarities because that talks about a queer woman abusive relationship yeah that's really interesting because i feel like we don't hear that perspective very often about abuse in same-sex relationships and so i think that's really important to touch on and i'm happy that you also gave a book recommendation yeah um but then i did just have a question going back to the sexual assault so what did your healing process look like for anybody else who's going through the same thing or like how did you kind of overcome that and what are some key things that you did to make yourself feel better like heal from that right right um like i think that it was especially hard for me because I had moved to Prague and I was surrounded by people I didn't know and they ended up being people that were kind of shitty and like didn't actually care about me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that if I had been surrounded by people who actually cared about me, like they would have noticed that I was like going in a downward spiral yeah. and like done something and helped. Um, right. But like it's kind of is a testament to like if you are struggling through these things completely by yourself, like it might take longer and harder, but there still is a way. And it sucks for me because I kind of felt like I had to hit, like, a very low point in order for me to be, like, I need help. And it was to the point where I was having panic attacks, like, every other day. Mm -hmm. And, like, I literally had a routine and usually was in a club where, like, I'd feel one coming on and I'd, like, go to the bathroom and lock myself in and I'd just, like, cry and breathe it out. And then I'd come back out and, like, maybe, like, take another shot and, like, pretend like I was fine. And so then, like, it got to the point where, like... I was sleeping for, like, 14 hours a night because I was so exhausted from my anxiety all the time. I was getting, like, I got, uh, this is very rare for me, too. I was getting, like, C's on assignments and stuff, which, Mm -hmm. like, I was, like, a very straight-A student. And so just, like, all these things, like, and then just the fact that I was blacking out, like, three to four times a week. And so all these things kind of was, like, okay. So they had a therapist um, in Prague. And so I started seeing her. And she told me to write my um, ex uh, a letter about how I felt about what he did because, oh, something else was after what happened, he had texted me and he said, sorry about what happened last night. That wasn't okay. And then I told him that it was okay because I just, I don't know, like... I was like, well, this isn't really assault because we were dating. Even yeah, though- you're still in the stage of, like, trying to figure it out. Yeah, like, definitely. And, like, I just kind of was like, you know, like, because it was, like, a thing where, like, I stopped. Like, I wasn't, like, fighting and kicking. I said no verbally, but then, like, you know, I just kind of let him do it and, like, laid there because, like, I felt like I didn't really have an option. And then I just yeah. told him that it was okay. So then, like... I wrote this letter that my therapist recommended me, and I was like, you know, for me, like, I advocate for whatever, like, needs to bring everybody else closure, If and if that is going through, like, the legal process of it and, like, going to the police about it, like, I totally, completely respect that and advocate for that, but for me personally, I just need to have, like, 
a closure on my own because yeah. honestly, like bringing it like to a higher level would have been more painful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just needed to have like peace. And so I felt like for me, my peace is saying like my peace. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like, and it didn't even matter like what he said back. I was like, I need to tell him that this isn't okay. So I messaged him. Um, while I was there, and it sucks because I was drunk when I messaged him. <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk most of the time in Prague, though. Yeah. Um, so, like, I wish I was sober, but I still got out what I needed to get out. And, like, I remember, like, I wasn't blacked out. Like, I remember, like, saying exactly what I needed to say, and I remember his response was something really shitty, like, I feel bad, you have to think about this every day, and I don't. Like, I just remember... Dude. Yeah, it was just awful. But, like, it was at the point where, like, I didn't even care what his response was because I was like... He knows this isn't okay. And, like, whether or not, like, I don't know, like, what he's going to do with that information in the future. Like, knowing this and, like, knowing that he hurt me like this. But, like, I can at least, like, let it go knowing that I said what I needed to say. And then it kind of, that helped me in the future, too, because when it happened again, it was also actually another person I knew, um, who was at NYU Shanghai with me, and mm-hmm. he was actually, um, my, like, mentor, like, he was supposed to be, like, showing us, like, around and stuff, and wow. he just, like, um, you know, he took advantage, he was, like, completely sober, and I was blacked out drunk, and he took advantage of that, and, like, I, you know, I actually, that one was actually harder for me, because I was blacked out at the time, yeah. with my ex, I was, like, completely sober, but this one, I was, like, well, maybe I wanted it because I was, I was drunk and I just said I wanted it. But then like, you know, after realizing that, like, I talked with my friends and then they were like, no, that's still like rape. Like you can't consent when you're blacked out. Like I was like, I don't remember consenting. I don't even remember going over to his apartment. Like, and I did like wake up with like bruises on me the next day. So like, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like right at all. Like I woke up in pain and like that, I mean, that doesn't like justify like, it doesn't, like, validate, like, it would be rape even if I didn't wake up in pain. Well, yeah. But just, like, you know, it was, like, such a hard experience. And so then I texted him and I said, we need to, like, meet and talk about this. And I told him, I said, that was rape. Like, that was, and he was like, oh, that's, no, I would never do that. He said, I got assaulted as a kid. Like, I would never do that to somebody else. And I'm like, well, you did it. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like. <laughs> like, trying not to validate your feelings about it. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just like. But, like, at the same time, I felt better, and, like, I did have to, like, heal from that. But, like, for me, like, I think I just, you have to kind of learn, like, what will give you peace. Mm. And, like, for me, that is just, like, telling somebody what they did wasn't okay, and then, like, leaving them alone and letting them go forever. Because, like, I could, like, try to make their lives living hell, but, like, for me, that's just, like, that's more energy invested into them when I could be investing that energy into myself and like yeah it sucks that like these people like get to just like go free and could hurt somebody else again maybe I don't know and that and that sometimes gets to me too but at the same time it's like I don't necessarily feel like it is my responsibility because like I need to heal on my own and I just need to be the best person I can be so that maybe if like somebody else who has gone through similar things I can like help them as well rather than focus my energy and like taking them down right so for you it was more just letting them know what they did was wrong so that they knew how you were feeling about it Mm -hmm. and then just and then never talking to them again okay I have not talked to either of those people since those um that message I sent to my ex and then that conversation with that guy that's the last 
correspondence I had with either of them. And then, you know, it is, like, hard sometimes, though, too, because um, I had my ex blocked on everything for whatever reason besides Venmo. Yeah. And one time I saw him interacting with somebody on Venmo, and it was, like, looked like a relationship kind of thing. And yeah. he also is three years older than me, so... But this in the, this is maybe like two years ago, so then mm-hmm. he would have been twenty four or twenty five. Okay. Um, and so then like I shouldn't have even done this, but out of curiosity, I looked this girl up, and yeah. she was nineteen. Wow. And so I just I felt really bad. I remember like and I started crying, and I was talking to my and my roommates about it, and I was like, I feel so bad. I was like, I feel like I could have done more. I could have like, you know, maybe gotten him like in trouble or something, mm-hmm. so then he's not, like, manipulating and hurting people, like, how he is now, you know, because it's, like, it's not, like, a huge thing, it's, like, legal, technically, but it's still, like, I just know that he's using his manipulation right. tactics on her, and I just feel bad, but then my friend was, like, you did, like, what you needed to do for yourself in that moment, and, yeah. like, you know, you can't worry about this now, and she's, like, just, like, block him on that if that's the last thing, and, like, it's just, like, you can't think about it. Yeah. Because wow. you, like, can't save, like, everybody. Like, yeah. you just need to really, like, save yourself. Yeah. So. Wow. So what was, since you did date men, like, younger and then now are dating women, how was the coming out process, like, with your friends, your family? Like, were people understanding? Did you feel any kind of pushback or? Yeah, like, um, my friends were, like, 100% supportive. Well, actually, there was, like, one or two friends that... Where, like, I remember one of my friends was like, well, you don't want to lead anybody on if you're not sure. Like, that was, like, her first response to it, which I kind of was like, yeah, I was like, "Uh." and then the hard part was, like, um, my family for sure. Um, Like, I'm not going to, like, specify, like, which family member, but, like, one of my family, like, immediate family members, like, had a very hard time with it which is interesting because they are usually like the most supportive person of me but yeah when I first started talking about it they would just be quiet every Mm -hmm. time like and they wouldn't say like that's wrong well there was a certain point I remember they were like oh um are you sure you're not just like a really big ally to the community and like you just like feel connected to them because you support them so much and I was like no like (laughs) I don't think so um so (laughs) like I don't think so (laughs) so and then like they were just like quiet like when I would talk about it and then um even you know and then it took them like maybe a couple years but eventually like now they're super comfortable about it and like everybody in my family is like really comfortable about it but like it was hard at first because like it also kind of sucked because um, my sister, like, who is straight and so I always dated guys, like, I always got to watch, like, both of my parents get, like, very excited about, mm-hmm. like, anytime she was talking to a new guy and, like, you know, gushing over that. And I kind of tried to do the same thing when I started talking to women and they were just, like, well, um, like, one of them more so than the other was just, like, not very receptive at all and mm-hmm. would just be, like, okay, like, when I would do it and it felt like really hard because I was like I know that if this was a man and this man possessed all these traits that I'm describing they would be like super excited Excited. and but like it's definitely different now like um they've grown a lot and they've come to accept it a lot more um but like there are still times where one of them will be like well like maybe you should just keep your options open and like date a man or something like that Mm -hmm. and I'm just like no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, that's always hard to hear. Right. But, like, I do feel grateful that, like, and compared to a lot of people, that, like, they're 
supportive on like yes it took them a while to get like fully comfortable with it but like they still like were you know supportive I just like I've never actually brought anybody home to them so like I feel like that might be the next step and Mm -hmm. I don't know how comfortable they would be yeah but yeah and it is one of those things too where it's like if it is like somebody who um like just in general like people I know who just don't really have any like queer friends or anything like that like one of the first questions they ask is like so how do you have sex and I'm just like (laughs) why is like I don't ask you how you have sex so like it's like one of those things too like that's another uncomfortable part I'm just like why did why do you need to know why is that the first thing yeah I'm just like that's like I don't know (laughs) that's like the last thing right it's also about mental connection and how comfortable you are with them too right right so I was just like and then like I'm I also feel very lucky because like um something I was like a little bit scared about was like um with some of like my friends if once I come out came out they were gonna be like oh so did you like me or do you have a crush on me or I don't feel comfortable like changing really? in front of you because you see that a lot in media oh yeah oh, you were worried about yeah that? yeah, yeah. I was, oh, oh, okay. I thought you said that happened and I was no, like what no, no, no I was worried that that would happen oh, okay, and okay. like people but then that wasn't the case at all and like I should have just known that from the beginning knowing like how great and like accepting and everything my friends are yeah. but it was just like something that like I like I was nervous about but it didn't end up happening and like I'm lucky that like Oh, most of my, like, I have a lot of queer friends, and then if, like, I have straight friends, they usually also have, like, a lot of queer friends, so it's, like, I feel like I'm not, like, really around anybody who, like, is, like, totally, like, foreign to the Mm -hmm. experience of, like, queerness. (laughs) Did it make you feel, like, coming out and talking more about it and just accepting that part of yourself, did it make you more comfortable in yourself, or, like, did you notice changes in yourself or how you did things? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it just... Like, I felt so much, like, more myself, and just, like, certain things I was always just, like, scared, like, I was always, like, scared to present as, like, more masculine sometimes, because I was, like, in my mind, I was, like, well, then they'll know, even though, like, Mm -hmm. literally, I thought that in, like, high school, or, like, (laughs) and then I'm, like, well, what do they, like, what do I think they're gonna know about? Like, like, it was, like, like, this spiral, or, like, literally, I even remember as early as, like, I was, like, six or seven, like, I wanted to play Hot Wheels, and then I felt, like, anxiety, because I was, like, well, people are gonna, like, know things about me, like, that I'm, like, feel like a guy sometimes, or something, like, <laughs> I don't, like, uh, so it's, like, those kind of things, and, like, even in, like, high school, um, a lot of, like, girls would, like, get drunk and, like, kiss each other at parties, and I was always so anxious to do that, mm. because, like, I was, like, I knew that it, I felt like it would, like, mean something to me where it didn't to wow. them. So, like, it was all these things that I was, like, very anxious about, like, accepting about myself and then, like, coming to terms with it and then presenting the way that I want to present. And then just feeling, like, bold enough to, like, do kind of, like, whatever I want with my appearance. Like, I yeah. shaved my head. Like, I was yeah. just, like, and, like, I don't think I would have done that, like, if I wasn't, like, super, like, confident and comfortable with yeah. myself. And, like, I also feel like um, the LGBT community is, like, super accepting of, like, all body types. And, like, they really, like, emphasize that. And a lot of, like, queer women, especially I know, are, like, super big into, like, body positivity. And so that's something I've always kind of struggled with is, like, 
my figure. Um, so that kind of helped me in like having that community there and like made me feel like more accepted in that way. Um, yeah. So that felt good too. So there was like a lot of elements of it for sure. Would you mind touching on that a little bit too? Like how body image and body dysmorphia or like any eating disorders, like things that you can develop growing up right. as a woman? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like um, I definitely started getting a warped sense of like my body because I was very, very thin growing up, um, and I did a lot of different sports and activities and stuff, so like, I think that's why I was just like a twig through like 8th grade, ninth grade, Yeah. Um, and then I kind of stopped doing sports as much and um, like focused more on academics, so then I kind of wasn't doing anything, and I developed, you know, started developing a bit of a stomach and like thighs and stuff like that, and so I think that for me, that kind of like jump where, like, I was so used to being so thin, like, my entire childhood and adolescence, and then, like, finally, like, gaining weight, like, to me, like, I felt like I was huge, because yeah. it was just, like, the difference, but, like, nobody else perceived me that way. Right. And so, like, I just kind of, like, I think I had pretty bad body dysmorphia, um, and so, like, I, I, like, definitely struggle with that for a while, and, um, but I wasn't, like, so bad in high school, and then in college, I think it got worse, like, partly because um, I lived in New York, and so, like, a lot of people there are very thin and, like, um, just, like, very attractive, yeah. and so, like, I felt like I had to keep up with that, and then um, around the same time I was in Prague, where everything was kind of spiraling, I started binging and purging as well, mm. and I think that could have been, like, a trauma response as well, yeah. um, and, like... I think it also was tied to, like, me, like, hypersexualizing myself because I was wearing a lot of really tight-fitting clothes. Oh. And so, like, I felt like the need to be comfortable in that was to be thin. Mm -hmm. And so I would do that a lot. And then I just, like, so it was just hard. Like, I think, like, everything kind of, like, ties back to each other. And yeah. um, bulimia is something I still struggle with. Like, um, I don't do it, like, nearly as often anymore, but, like, Anytime I feel it's like a stress response for me, wow. um, like anytime I feel stressed, like I feel like I want to be in control of something, I'll like binge and purge. And that hasn't happened in a while. Um, but I noticed like it is one of those things where you don't notice until you're looking back on it. My highest times of like binging and pur or like where I do it the most frequently is like right when I start having a crush on somebody. Wow. And so like I like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm just really stressed. I'm going to do this. But then like I know subconsciously that I also like want to look good for them and want to be like really thin and like. I noticed that, like, when I started dating my ex, like, and no fault to her, because this is before I even, like, she started treating me badly or anything, like, yeah. I had lost a ton of weight, and I wasn't eating that much, and all this stuff, and, like, I think that, and she was also, like, a very thin woman, too, yeah. so I think I had this, like, pressure to, like, be thin, and yeah. so I just kind of, like, wanted to, like, look like that, and, like, I don't know, just, like, be good enough for her, so, like, it's definitely hard, because, like, um... I just, like, I don't know, I just, like, get in my head that, like, a little bit of, like, fat on my body means that I'm, like, super yeah. fat. isn't and, that like, crazy? Yeah. Even being in the fitness industry, like, for me, too, I still get so insecure about how I look, and it's, like, everybody could tell you that your body looks good, this and that, but something in you, it's just, like, you think you're, like, huge, or you see a little bit of weight gain, and you freak out. Right, right. It's crazy. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, for that, like, I tried to do things that, like, helped me. For example, like, I got rid of my full-size mirror in my room because mm. I, like, used to spend hours looking in it and then just, like, examining my every flaw. Wow. 
and like I wish I was like strong enough to just like still have it but not do that but like I just didn't I felt like okay like my stepping stone is like I'm gonna get rid of that I just have like a little mirror where I can like look at my makeup and stuff like that but like I didn't have a full-size mirror um like so that help me I don't have a scale which helps mm. because whenever I'm around a scale I like will weigh myself like twice a day yeah which gets hard um but like I think like even doing that um like has helped me now because right now I'm living with I've been temporarily living with my parents and they have a scale but I haven't even been checking it that much oh, and I think good. it was like the steps of like me taking that out of my life where I like didn't feel like the need to do it so that's interesting because not even knowing that that's what I did too oh, really? that because I would excessively weigh myself and like see if I gained a pound like by the end of the day oh. or if I needed to work out quick to try to lose some more weight and it's just so crazy to think about how much pressure we have on ourselves to just like be perfect or weigh a certain amount. And yeah, that's something that I did too. And right. I stopped body checking as well because right. I just realized how excessive it gets. It's crazy. Right. And like, I realized that it's just like, like uh, so excessive. Like you said, it's just like a waste of time. Yeah. And like kind of something that connects to all of this is just like, I felt like all of my trauma responses, whether it be like my obsession with my weight, whether it be like, drinking a lot, all that mm. kind of stuff, like, took up so much of my time. Wow. And, like, I kind of, like, came to this realization. I had a class, um, like, a journalism class in 2018, and this was when I was in New York, and you had to interview a classmate about, like, what their hobbies were. Yeah. And I realized, like, somebody was trying to interview me, and I realized I didn't have any hobbies because, wow. like, I was, like, I've had hobbies in my life, but I didn't have any in that moment. Like, I didn't have anything I was working on that I was doing because I was, like what do I do? Like, I go to school, like, I go to work, I come home, I cry, like, yeah. and then I spend hours looking at myself in the mirror, I'll go, like, I'll drink, like, and it just, it felt so bad, because, like, growing up, I was the person who did, like, a million things, yeah. you know, like, I had so much, like, excitement, and I realized I lost that, and I was, like, because of all this traumatic shit that happened, and then it was, like, that moment where I realized, I was, like, I need to, like, get back to myself again. And now I'm at the point where, like, I have too many hobbies. I have to, yeah. like, make a schedule for myself because I'm, like, drawing or reading or, like, editing a film or something like that. And it's just, like, it's exciting for me to, like, feel myself again. And, yeah. like, because, um, like, it just felt like a couple of years of my life kind of got robbed from me from, mm -hmm. like, dealing with trauma and, like, it's just, like, the trauma happens, and then your response to it, and then also, like, healing from the actual trauma and from your response yeah. to it, so it's just, like, it's just such a long process right. that, like, it felt like I got some years of my life taken away from me, but, like, I feel like right now, even though there's so much uncertainty in the world and everything, I feel, like, more myself than I ever have, and, like, I feel, like, more deeply connected to myself than I ever have. That's beautiful. <laughs> so do you think that your healing kind of started from therapy or do you think that you kind of just developed your own coping mechanisms that helped you then? I think therapy definitely helped while I was in Prague. Um, like I obviously left Prague and my insurance wasn't that good. So I didn't really get a therapist after that until like very recently because my insurance just uh, changed. Yeah. Um, but like, if it wasn't for the therapist, like, telling me to, like, write that letter and stuff, then I wouldn't have talked to him, then I felt like I wouldn't have had my closure, then, you know, I don't know how long I would have gone on for, but that was, like, a big turning point for me, so therapy definitely, like, helped initiate it, and yeah. then I think that the next thing that helped with my healing was, like, just surrounding myself with people who, mm -hmm. like, 
genuinely cared about me and yeah. like wanted the best for me because like when I was in Prague like the friend group I was surrounding myself with like took me as kind of like a joke and so mm-hmm. they'd like watch me get locked out drunk and like make stupid decisions and they'd be like oh haha Brooke you're just like a wild card or yeah. whatever and just like not really like see that this was like somebody who was deeply like struggling and it's also hard because I feel like they didn't really know you before the trauma yeah. so they weren't able to see the unhealthy things that were happening or like things that you were doing that probably weren't like your normal self right right so like I don't really blame them but they also could have like I did try to like open up to them about stuff that happened and they were pretty dismissive oh yeah no totally they definitely could have been better (laughs) (laughs) no but like that makes total sense yeah so um yeah like I so then like when I came back to New York from studying abroad I um I just felt like I was very purposeful with who I was connecting with and like um that just helped me so much like I think that like you know friendship is one of the most beautiful things in the whole world and like just like the idea of like love existing outside of like romance and intimacy was so interesting I just saw this thing about the importance of like platonic relationships and how it's okay to be intimate in platonic relationships yeah yeah Yeah. like I feel so like intimate and close with my friends and like I feel like I have so many good connections in my life Mm -hmm. and like it's just like one of those things where like I don't know, I have friends who are, like, patient with me and, like, help me, and who, all of my friends have gone through, like, a lot of similar experiences as me, and we're able to talk about it, and yeah. it's just, like, you know, like, nothing can replace actual, like, therapy, but it is, like, therapeutic to, like, right. talk about, like, everything with your friends and just, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm very lucky because I have friends, like, even you who I've known for, like, 10 years now and, like, Juliana and everything, like, I feel like we have all grown at, like, the same pace. Yeah, together. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is, like, beautiful. And it's, like, somehow we're always, like, going through the same things at the same times and, like, the same Even if we haven't had the exact same experiences, we, like, have similar emotions. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's just beautiful to, like, grow and evolve with people at, like, the same pace and like I'm even thinking about that like going forward because I was somebody who was very obsessed with the idea of like a soulmate and like Mm. romantic love in that sense and like while like yes that's still nice like I think that like my focus is more so on just like making connections with people and like whatever form that may be yeah Yeah. that's so important having a support system right especially when you're going through trauma right But yeah, I think this is going to help so many people and I just want to thank you for coming on and giving me the opportunity to interview you. Thank you. I love to share.